went all Wolfman Jack opening on you. This is the Sweat Equity Podcast. I am your host, Law Smith. Sitting here with me is the Lions Purr. That is Caleb Fuddy. Hey, buddies. Yeah, we're doing this on a Monday morning. Most people take the day off. We're doing this Memorial Day because we want to make sure we get an episode out every Tuesday morning. Our first reoccurring guest, but very, very welcome in the home of the podcast studio, power attorney to the stars, Mr. Stephen Fantetti of Fantetti Legal. Good morning. Confetti Fantetti. I'm not, I'm, I've, I've lost my fastball in the morning. I got to get this coffee going. I was actually glad you didn't say confetti. <laughs> <laughs> well, until he said it. Until yeah. He said it. Until <laughs> I, re- I did a retroactive nickname. If you you were glad for one minute and 20 seconds. If I you watch would. this online, uh, I'll have the stunner shades on the Sam Rothstein casino style. Yeah, that's a nice pull. Name, right? Not well, too bad. Man. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we're going to try to have this as a video. If people want to have it on the background while they're doing something more important, but we want to. We got to test this video thing out, and Caleb and I were talking about this. What if we do the Sweat Equity podcast as a live panel at some point? That's right. Where we we promote it like an event, like we're actually gonna, you know, like we would if I was doing a stand up show, but we'll have you uh, as an attorney that yeah. knows business law, uh, and then maybe someone else that's an expert in their field, and people can ask questions live. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think I think it's something where we're getting really good feedback so far on our on the episodes, uh, the guests we've been having, um, and even some of the episodes where it's just been Law and I going back and forth. Uh, but I think one of the the main components of it is we don't do this. Uh, you know, it's not like we do this podcast and then we just go listen to it in our car over and over because we want to hear what we have to say quite the contrary we yeah i don't listen at all <laughs> I, i've only listened so i can you know make sure i get better at this well yeah you um, got to get some reps in yeah so, so I'm, I'm trying to get better and better but we do this so we can bring uh information to other people who are interested in business who are interested in entrepreneurship um who maybe want to take that leap take that jump away from the nine to five and do it on their own um so i think t- having an open panel discussion uh, maybe on Facebook Live um, or utilizing some other other sort of uh, interactive live stream will give us that opportunity to fulfill that directly rather than um, in a in a retrospective platform such as this. Yeah, and uh, you got to try to catch that wave. Facebook Live was the trigger word in there. We, we yeah. think like that is a thing that's not utilized correctly yet. Yeah, some people are, but not. I don't. I don't. The v- majority does not. Yeah. Hey, but, but we so. try. I mean, we want to try stuff with this podcast, and and yeah. just like any business, you want to try to keep growing out and see if something works. And, uh, and this will dovetail nicely into. I we've been working with uh, Fantetti Legal for a while. We tried to do a, a legal podcast, and we just figured out. Hey, it's, we did it at, for three months, and we go. Hey, I don't think this is the right time right now. Yeah. But I'm glad we did it, though. I learned. Oh, yeah. a, I learned a lot just being the dummy between. Uh, DC and uh, Mr. Fantetti here just kind of gaining a lot of knowledge about how the legal system actually works in a lot of ways. I use the finders, minders, and grinders theory a lot. Uh, talking about that last night with my family because we party. And, uh, Hard. <laughs> yeah. And then um, for those that don't know what that is, it's kind of a consulting slash law firm theory where you have, if you want to, do you want to take it? No, keep going. It, <laughs> yeah, you're like I'll let you drift out into the sea <laughs> and try to explain this. Well, it's three. At, I think it was at three minutes and five seconds. The glasses already came off. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't handle it. It's too much. Stop uh, rubbing. Bright I'll lights f- do hurt people. I'll fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, look, man, I ain't no rapper. All right. You're, you're no Maybach Diamonds. I'm, I'm no Maybach Diamonds. At Maybach Diamonds. Episode twenty-eight. <laughs> if uh, if you're willing to go backwards and see Caleb pop a blood vessel. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I laughed so hard, <laughs> my eyes started bleeding. <laughs> uh, so finders are your business development people. Uh, you're going out, you're sourcing a business. Minders are the people that are the nerds that are in the office, that are in their lane. They only do one thing. The law firms try to keep them there so they don't have the ability to move a lot of times. This happens a lot in any business that's a large corporation. And then you have uh, the grinders who are the guys that come in court and then kind of close close deals lay the dick on the table kind of deal (laughs) yeah coffees for closers yeah exactly (laughs) and so those kind of things i I learned those tropes i kind of learned that seemed very uh, this seems very 
normal, like, yeah, so what? But it's a good way to compartmentalize. And so um, we tried that with Fanteddy Legal as a way to do lean content marketing where we had, hey, if we spend an hour doing a podcast a little bit before, you know, setting it up a little bit after and then get it out there. You know, organically, this ep- this podcast has become a long-term marketing strategy. Yeah. But it wasn't meant to. It was just meant to kind of you and I have a general interest in people's businesses. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, we have a general interest in sh- talking shit to each other yes. via podcast. But we're just like, I don't think all three of us are here <laughs> yet yeah. to be yeah. able it to It wasn't as professional, yeah. perhaps, as we wanted it to yeah, be. Yeah, right. <laughs> Or, or it's or more like we don't we don't see each other very often, so let's kick it, and you <laughs> realize, oh, some of this stuff shouldn't go live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. it's tough. And the, I mean, you yeah. started your firm, and uh, you wanted to. You're, we didn't really set you up correctly. If you haven't, if you don't know who Steve Fantetti is, a, a business attorney, does a lot of corporate business law, real estate law in there as well. Uh, a little drone regulations as well. Ah, uh, yeah, do that, you know, yeah. Unemployment law. Well done. That's right. So why? All right, let's do this. Why should? Um, what why should we regulate why should we get a uh, certification for our drones well number one because you have to <laughs> but well, what ha- the more okay. important thing here I'll, I'll just be, be specific i'm a photographer yeah and i've got a drone of course or a videographer and i've got a drone yes and you're like hey you should get this certified why should i listen to this right. though that's a very good question so the faa has a what's called a 333 exemption where if you want to fly, and I'll just keep it in into the business realm, if you are a business and you want to use a drone for any reason, whether it's want to take aerial photography for, and one of the big reasons it's used in Florida is for real estate, and if you want to um, go out on the water to, you know, for cruise ships or for yachts, and people try to like, you know, take a- uh, aerial photographs of yachts because it's a big selling point. People want to see that in the open ocean, or even downtown by skyscrapers and things like that. It gives people really good views. Well, you can't just do it because the areas are zoned, where you have to get the um, the rights to be able to fly your drone in certain areas of airspace. So if you have the 333 exemption, it allows you to fly your drone without any you know, legal issues that could arise as long as you have the exemption. If someone tries to stop you, they're automatically going to lose any claim against you to stop flying your drone because you show them the, the, the 333 exemption. So, number one, if you want to do it for a business purpose, that's what that exemption there is for. If you are an individual, you still have to file, but you don't have to file it as strictly as it would require for a business. You don't have to meet the same type of, um, you know, regulations. You're not going to be, be able to fly in certain types of airspaces. So, that's kind of the way it like differs but again even if you want to fly somewhere downtown let's say you want to go to curtis hickson park you still got to go to hillsborough county and get cleared through the commissioners but even to just be able to fly and have a license you got to go through the faa so uh, will that hold up is that uh, well i should ask this is that well known um as far as like someone who would try to stop you from filming maybe a police officer maybe some sort of security guard so any anything like that is that like let's say you're downtown mm-hmm. you're at curtis hickson and you're flying a drone and a cop comes up and he's like, hey, do you have your, thir- what was the 33? 333. 333, yeah. Hey, do you have your 333? Is that what they're going to ask you? Or if you show them the form, the he'll he'll leave you alone? Is it is it that well known? Or is it just keep flying, but I'm going to cite you. And then when you go to pay the fine, you show them that? Like, how does that yeah. process kind of work? You know, generally the legal. Because is it, I should ask this. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt. Okay. Is it more like a license to fly it? You just kind of flash the badge and they're like, oh, you're good. You've got clearance. It's an exemption from um, having to recertify. Okay. So generally, if people want to go fly somewhere, they have to go and get the rights to obviously do it every single time. Right. Or rather than having to do it every single visit, the exemption exempts you from having to file every okay. single time. So if I want to go to St. Pete one time, Clearwater one time, you know, right. um, wherever else, some, uh, a different time, you're going to have to t- like do it every single time. Well, right. this gives you the exemption from having to do it, and it's good for a, a year until you have to renew it again. And, okay. a, and to answer your other question, um, the legal aspects of it, they will know police officers whoever yeah they're gonna ask you and now are they gonna say the actual statute and name it no they'll probably right. just say do you have your papers yeah or something like that or some general know. statement that they exactly. don't even know what they're asking for yeah but they'll yeah. know that it has to do with the faa they will know that and they'll probably have to ask you you know if it's current and they're gonna see if you have your paperwork on you which you should always have yeah and then you just kind of go from there and i've i've taken the stance i know you mentioned kind of like there's regulations where people can fly and I, it, it's mind-blowing to me how many times we've like heard on the news, especially as of late here where we are in Tampa, 
um, of people flying drones near the airport or people yeah. flying drones like in these places they're not supposed to. And we have an Air Force base here as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's countless stories you could hear from people on base of drones coming over there. But it's kind of like if you my like rule of thumb is if you can't drive a car there, don't. In terms of like re regulation, like right. obviously you can't drive a car in the water. I, I get that. It's not that early in the morning. Yeah. But if you can't, you're not going to drive a car on the runway at the airport. So why are you going to fly your drone there? You I know agree. what I mean? It's I obviously, it's, it's a, obviously a prohibited airspace. It's a, it's a, it's a common sense thing. And some people just don't have it sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Florida, listen, Florida especially. Yeah. Maybe that's true too. <laughs> but really, there's just, really. there's obvious areas where, you know, given the TSA and the high security levels they have around an airport, there's. They shut down the ability to fly anything there within miles. I mean, there's yeah. no chance of you can be able to fly a drone anywhere near it. You probably international mall might be your even even that could be pushing it if you're flying a drone out there. So unless you got special clearance, I mean, good luck because again, it's not just the fact that you're around there. You can't interfere with the um, other planes that are trying to land. Objects could get in the way of anything. You don't know when, and planes are constantly coming through. I mean, it's, to me, it's just common sense. Same thing with an air force base. Yeah. But security is the ultimate reason. Well, th I think with an air force base too, like you, you're gonna lose your drone. Like you. I found a drone once and I like looked it up and it, it was worth like 4,500 bucks. I mean, that's not a small amount of money for yeah. someone to have a, a toy or even a tool at work. Yeah. $4,500 piece of equipment you use at work. That's pretty expensive. You're going to lose that if you fly it over an air force base. It's, they're not going to, yeah, they're not going to help it land safely. They're going to blow that out of the sky. Yeah. A lot of them are, and they're going to love it too. too. Oh, they'll love you know, it. that's going to be the <laughs> highlight of their day. over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think they're doing like attack, hawks and stuff now at airports so mm -hmm. so some of these things that they they're trying to they're trying to get ahead of this a little bit surprisingly but it's one of those things where i think they have like hawks and uh like attack birds the animals try, yeah wow yeah they look just like yeah real animals are flying in the sky but they're actually drones but like those are oh, military really? grade no, but i'm saying no they're actually they're actually training hawks and oh. falcons and shit to to like go out there you can be you can be you a serious? falconer. The falconer market like is, uh, like Game of Thrones. They se send a raven to send letters to people and stuff like is that. Is Tampa becoming <laughs> like <laughs> Nepal? Well, no, I mean like that's what are you gonna do? Like you have to have something <laughs> yeah. that regulates this. It's it's probably easier to find these weird bird people <laughs> than it is to like they're looking for stuff to do. What are you gonna do? Make it make your own drones for the airport to protect this? But how's that gonna happen? These things got propellers on them. I mean, it's gonna have you, you haven't seen any videos in. where the just the birds take them out? I've never it's awesome. I have to see this. It's so awesome. Maybe we'll have to post that. Peter could yeah, be mad if sure. birds get hurt. A no birds were hurt during this. Peter's <laughs> gonna be mad at everything. A murder of crows. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, look. Th so back to like kind of the original. <laughs> if I'm if I'm a photographer videographer, I have an LLC. That's the first part of that answer you're saying. Like. Um, I need to get that three 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 exemption. Yeah. If I'm a individual that has a drone that's using it, I should still get this. You still need the exemption, correct? You still need it's the exemption. Gonna be, there's gonna be like less restrictions. You can't fly in certain areas. It's more like for your backyard stuff like that. So if you're a videographer, photographer that has a LLC, let's say you have your shit together and you kind of like you actually have a real business. You're not just kind of doing this as a um, self-employed kind of thing on the side or yes. you're trying to find yourself while yeah. you're doing this and <laughs> sure. you're doing all this stuff. I mean, Caleb works with these guys all the time. So yeah. uh, it's one of those things where your business could be fined. I think it's like 10 grand or something like that. Yeah, but that's not even the biggest issue. The biggest issue is if something happens in the event that you're using it, uh, there's liability. That's the biggest problem. Then your company can be sued. And if you don't have your company set up properly and they can pierce through your company they can go after your individual assets and that's the thing people don't realize is everything dominoes if you don't do everything right obviously if you have it the uh, exemption you want to have proper insurance you want proper insurance and something happens i mean there's been stories where people have been hit in the face with a drone or someone's personal property has been damaged where a drone lands and it goes through a window or someone's expensive ferrari or whatever it is the point is that's now liability that goes back to your business so you have to have a lot more things in check and just filing the exemption. You got to, like I said, you got to have insurance. You got to make sure your company has, you know, proper corporate documents and has been keeping up with its formalities. Because if it's not, then your company protection's gone, which is the whole reason why you created companies to avoid that. Obviously, personal liability. So there's a lot more to this than just filing one piece of paper. So right. Where and where can people go to fill this out? Let's say someone actually does want to do this. Want to do the exemption? They could go to www.fantedilegal.com. Okay. And bam. You could do it there. Obviously, you can go online to the FAA's website and do it out of 
you know, obviously you have to pay the proper fees. You got to understand what you're doing, fill out the paperwork properly. Um, but obviously, you know, Fantech Legal can do that if it needed to, to assist uh, clients in that matter. But again, it's all online. It's all available as everything else is today. Well, so the big question I get, we, we deal with a lot of startups. You do yeah, as well. Uh, Fantasy Legal a does lot. a lot of startup uh, businesses. Or let's say startup to not uh, not very mature businesses in the sense that three years or younger is kind of yeah. where I kind of consider that. Yeah. Uh, if you're over three years, you're kind of a mature business. I get this question a lot, and I don't – just by being around you a lot, I feel like I can answer it okay, but – I say always. I always kind of defer to you if it's someone in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, if it's somewhere elsewhere. I'm like, well, you know, here's what I think, but you should really talk to an attorney. Is uh, we have a lot of startups that go, well, I, what do I do? Do I do an LLC, right? Or I do a, or do I incorporate? And what's the difference? And you've helped me go through this, even though I thought I knew what I was doing, right? Um, where I went on, uh biz filings or legal zoom and i just did it on my own well sunbiz is the the state regulated one which you gotta go there first in (laughs) in florida well so you can't register without going through there first well legal zoom and biz filings to my understanding is they they kind of just they add a little bit of a vig to it so let's say it's 150 dollars to do an llc Mm. theirs will be 185 and they'll make it cleaner a cleaner experience for you to do it they're all they're doing is kind of turbo taxing it yeah. In a way, they make it a better user yeah. UX UI experience. Yep. User experience is UX for non nerds. <laughs> UI is user uh, interface. So they make a better UI UX mm-hmm. than Sunbiz, and they charge you for it. Um, now, this isn't the best way to go because every business has a lot of variables, yes. and so it's recommended to go through an attorney. But people, I think, here's the big thing: a lot of people put this cash. It's, I get this with uh, with people who need a website or branding or uh, an advertising campaign. They they put this imaginary number in their head that's way too large. Sometimes they go, I don't know, I don't, the, getting an LLC that's like ten grand, <laughs> and you're like, well, it could no, be. well it can like, if it's you're a big business. Twenty five dollars. Yeah. It's literally pretty inexpensive, but I think you create this snowball. It's like, oh, I'm gonna get a house contractor, and we're gonna get a deck built. I, this is what I want to do, but uh, who knows? That's like a hundred grand. I don't know. Like you have yeah, no idea yeah. in your head, so you just make it the highest amount possible. And I, I've I've fallen victim to that before as well because, but I think what I found out was, it can be expensive when you're talking about the entire package. When you're t- not just to get your business started, but people think of what they need to go from sitting on their couch to go from um, doing business and being legally covered. They've got to go with with the whole nine yards. They've got to do, you know, filing on on in Florida. It would be SunBiz, LegalZoom, what have you, with the LLCs, with the fictitious names, um, those sort of things. But then you need the domain name. Then you need the website. Then you need uh, trademarking. Then you need copyright stuff. So, which we'll get into, and I have questions about later. Mm-hmm. So I think when people think of it, they think of the of everything they need. That will be a lot higher of a price than just the LLC. Yep. But to start with an LLC or to start with, um, you know, just your filing and, and filing your corporation with the state and being licensed, I think, you know, people just need to dive into it. And they need to know where to dive into it as so, well. We've mentioned on this show before. And that's one of the things we want to bring out. It's so not as scary as it as it seems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and this is why uh, Fantetti can get in the, uh, if you've seen old school <laughs> and you see Will Ferrell in the debate, <laughs> club <laughs> Fantetti can get in this zone where he's like <laughs> he's explaining everything and you're like how do you just have this wikipedia just reeling it off and it's 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 not broken english like i talk it's like it, it's it's almost it's like polished yeah it's, it's polished. like uh it's uh, verbatim what you're supposed to say so what's the difference between an llc and a, a corporation and go go all right well <laughs> An LLC is a limited liability company, and basically it was created for the main purpose of having the liability of the individuals separate from the actual company entity itself. So before LLCs, and I'll keep it really brief so I don't put people to sleep, but the only type of entity you could really be was a sole proprietor, means you conducted business on your own with no other employees, or you could be a partnership. And a partnership, depending on what type of partnership you are, but to keep it simple on the general terms, if you're a partnership, 
all the partners of the business shared liability equally. So if something happened, you were all liable for it. So Even Caleb and I are partners. If you were a partnership, whatever Caleb, happened. Caleb does uh, PCP again. And, right. uh, again. and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. Trying, I mean, the trying, guy is hyper all the right. time. Tell. And I'm trying to heal this. Down. I'm trying to heal this uh, blood <laughs> vessel here. He, he gets sued, but we're a partnership. Yes. I'm my assets. My house could yes. be everything part of that now sorry about that of course because get and again, the angel dust now there's exceptions you guys could have identification provisions where of course maybe one partner if they exceed or are grossly negligent could obviously indemnify the other partners who weren't etc but generally generally but at, and this is for a general partnership there's other partnerships called limited liability limited partnerships where the liability can be separate but again that's way more off topic than mm-hmm. we're getting at mm-hmm. so but before those were even created they want to say look where can we find an entity that has you know, the benefits of separate liability completely where there's no you know, dicing it up. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't like partnerships. They create the LLCs. And with the LLCs, there's also tax benefits, which I can talk about briefly as well. So, but to cut a long story short, the LLC gives members, that's what they're called, <laughs> um, interests, ownership percentage in the company, and their ownership percentage is tied to their profits, distributions, and sometimes even their voting if you want to do it that way. But the biggest protection you have is no matter what you do in your business the business will be liable not the individuals obviously as long as you maintain your corporate formalities which is having a corporate book that has you know operating agreement you've kept proper minutes you've taken minutes you've passed proper resolutions you've made your uh, annual fee filings i mean everything that you have to do as a business you can't miss the if you don't do those formalities you lose the protection um that the florida statutes give you as a business and what happens is called piercing the corporate veil where if a company wants to go after you personally to satisfy a judgment, let's say it's $1 million, but you only have 500000 worth of equity in your business, if you don't have the proper formalities of a business, when they ask you for your corporate book and you have nothing, they're going to now, the courts will allow a business to go get all the assets of your company and then go through your company, as they say, pierce through, and go to the individuals who own it and get their personal net worth to satisfy the judgment. So that's why you know, people think because they create a company, everything's fine. Companies are created for solely the purpose of separating your liability from you personally and keeping it separate for your business. And so if you don't maintain the formalities and you don't keep those up, then you can lose that protection. Now for a corporation, it's the same. You still get that protection. The problem is the ownership's different. Mm -hmm. So with members, it's more inclusive in an LLC. For a corporation, you offer stock. And so the stock owners are the ones that own the company. But there's also a separate body called board of directors that actually run the company. Mm -hmm. They're separate from the shareholders. And when you have a corporation, you have the opportunity, and you can do this as an LLC, but when you go public, they call it, where you actually want to become a publicly traded company on an exchange, New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, whatever, you now offer stocks to the world to buy. And so anybody can own your company. And it's the same thing if you have a corporation in a way that's not publicly traded, that's getting large enough and you offer a certain amount of shares, if one of the owners wants to sell or divest of their shares, obviously, if there's right of first refusal rights and the company can buy them back through redemptions or whatever, otherwise, people can sell them out to third parties and random people can start owning your business. Yeah. So those are the main differences. It's do you want to have a little bit more control sometimes as an LLC and that liability's there, or obviously as a corporation, there's a lot of, 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 a, of a greater chance that other people can own stock in your company, own it. And then sometimes, depending on what your voting is, sometimes you might not get things passed the way you want, or the board of directors might rule a certain way than what the owners might want. It depends. So those are kind of the main differences. And um, otherwise, you know, you can be taxed differently, too. As an LLC and a, and a corporation, there's also benefits. Can people who are not in a corporation, mm-hmm. they are in just an LLC, yep. they are a just a, a sole business owner, sole proprietor, can they create... Um, can they create stock? Do you mean as a corporation? No, sorry, uh, just just as as an LLC, as oh. just a, as just a small yeah. business owner. Can yeah, you create? Can LLC. you create stock uh, stock opportunities for for like first round investing, mm-hmm. those sort of things? There's no stock in LLC, but can you create those? Like, I guess you would you would chop they're it up called, to being equity. Yeah, exactly. No, they're yeah. called membership interest units. Okay, <laughs> okay. I know it sounds like it's some uh, semantics, but. Technically, I guess you want you want to call them shares. Well, can. but that's the reason why we have Steve on right. to call no, things the I right mean, things yeah. instead of Law and I going through and kind of and it's like okay. just go, like fumbling through it. Well, fuck, it's it's English language, but it's like <laughs> it, it might as well not be. I mean, it, it, yeah, that's a lot of it. It's the Jim Gaffigan joke. I'll pay you five hundred dollars. Just read this an hour. Just here. Just yeah. read it. Read yeah. all of this stuff for me. I don't understand <laughs> it. Yeah. So 
it's one of those things where I talk to a lot of startups and they go, oh, I'm going to incorporate. And you're like, well, I don't know if you want to do that if you're just doing the LLC just to really get the benefits of a – there's two ways. I mean, A, you're not getting uh, – you're not vulnerable to being sued as, as hard. Uh, the company is. Right. Uh, well, this is my ju- – you yeah. can't say this. So, Because no, uh, you have Florida bar rules <laughs> on, on like – how you can give advice and stuff. So I'm going to try to fill in. I can't give guarantees either. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk in a, not in a Dr. Oz hyperbolic way, <laughs> but I'm going to say this to kind of what I would say to someone if I was having a beer at a happy hour and they're asking me about this. Cause I get this question sure. way more than I ever thought I would. Right. And I guess because I'm, I'm hanging around you and, and I've been through it uh, the incorrect way that I feel like at least I can tell them, Hey, um, you know, you should do an LLC and here's why. Do the LLC because you won't be vulnerable to getting sued. Uh, you'll also get tax benefits if you do it correctly. Right. And then at the same time, um, if you're getting started and you got to get started quick, you need that LLC so you can go get an EIN number so you can go get a bank account. So that's yep. that's a big thing. People yep. still have their funds right. for their company in a personal account, which is a big no-no. You cannot commingle funds. That's yes. Yeah, and then it's you're your account's going to hate you. Yeah. And that's one of the major ways, like we were talking about with corporate formalities, like it's not obviously corporate, keeping corporate documents, minutes, having an operating agreement for an LLC, all these things, um, paying your annual fees, but there's more to it. You can't treat, first of all, you can't commingle funds. You have to have a separate bank account for your business and your personal. You can't use your business account every single time for personal expenses. And you have to make sure you itemize what a business expense is and keep that, uh, keep track of that. Sometimes a lot of businesses will create multiple LLCs and they'll use one just for personal expenses and they'll say it's to help run a business. But yet, if you can tie it back, then you're not doing it properly. So, you know, there is liability with that too. Yeah. Are, are there, it's, it's, this maybe just cross paths a little bit, but are there things that <clears throat> if we got necessarily like a business accountant in here to yeah. and talk to you sure. and kind of had them on at the same time, I wonder what things would kind of um, you guys would butt heads about in terms of I know what it probably be. What, what would be good for the can you explain some of those maybe because that's sure. that seems pretty well, interesting we, we have the same business account yeah, so I, I, I <laughs> yeah. know exactly where this would go but yeah. go ahead well you can and maybe give you we'll give a shout out to uh, Michael Messina what's yes. up yeah what's CPA up, to the stars good guy. The, gr- the great Michael Messina just had lunch with him this week he's gave me a lot of good uh, good advice and uh, definitely someone to you know talk to around this area especially so why, while you get a hit of your coffee I'll, you. I'll explain that like I thought an S corp was its own entity I thought that was the thing. That's a tax. It, it sounds to the people that don't know any of this stuff. An S corp sounds like it's its own deal. Like you go, okay, I can be a corporation. I can be incorporated. I can be a co, or I can be an S corp. That's not that's not how it is. An yeah. S corp's a tax filing. Okay. The reason you want to be an S corp when you're an LLC is so you don't get taxed on double distribution. So basically, a distribution sure. of how you're going to pay yourself. Yeah. Uh, generally, yeah. so you're not getting. Uh, no, so you don't. Pay, so so I'll, I'll just clean up real fast. Basically, yeah. and he's right. And basically, what you're saying is, look, like there's no. It's not an entity type because when you're a corporation, you have to have certain types of, you know, uh, monikers after your name, like Inc. Mm-hmm. or Co. etc. Yeah. Well, there isn't one that says, you know, Toco Works S Corp. That's <laughs> why so I'm saying it's not an entity type. Yeah. yeah. But you're you're declaring that you're being taxed as a corporation. It's allowing you. You file form twenty five fifty three. It's a. Um, it's uh, from sub subchapter S of the Internal Revenue Code, and essentially for those of you keeping score at home, yeah. And so essentially, what you're doing <laughs> is you're saying, "Look, I'm an LLC. I'm I'm not, I'm not a corporation, but I want to be taxed like one." Right. And what you're doing is you're getting the benefit of avoiding double taxation, which means as profits come into a company, they're taxed at the corporate level at the corporate rate, and then as soon as those profits are taxed, the profits keep going, and they have to go to the members um, of the LLC because they're going to take their own distributions or payments, right? So what the S corp election allows you to do as a business is say, look, we're going to avoid having to be paid or having to pay taxes twice. Mm-hmm. So if we're taxed at the corporate level, then um, or sorry, we're not taxed at the corporate level, then we'll be paying on our di- uh, distributions. It actually works vice versa. You're going to be paid first at the corporate level, then the distributions go through and you're paid at once and you're all set w- rather than paying twice. So, for instance, so pay- but paying twice is definitely higher. Of but course. are is is getting taxed at the corporate level higher than paying out at the end of your distributions? Well, when you or pay, is it the same? It, no, the corporate rate. It, no, first of all, this depends, and I'll tell you why. Okay. If you are an individual, you're going to be taxed at your individual corporate rate, whatever your individual rate is. Right. So it's going to be based on your net worth, your income, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, whatever you have. So that's basic 1040. You're going to 
put your distributions on there and get taxed. But if you're a company, the general corporate rate's around 32 36%. So if you're paying 40% tax rate, it could be more. It just wow. depends. Yeah. But you don't have to pay both. So you avoid the double taxation you're an S-corp. Now, now, if you are a, uh, or sorry, if you choose not to be and you, you want to be taxed twice, you can. It's called a C-corp. And what a C-corp is just the general, it's like the default. If you create a corporation, you're going to be taxed that way. You're going to be taxed on distributions and you're going to be taxed at the corporate level when your profits come into the business. But the kicker, the, be the, the benefit is, is you can avoid certain employment tax rates, certain taxes on benefits for your company, et cetera. Medical benefits can not be taxed. And yeah. so sometimes people say, you know what, even though S-corp looks good, we actually want to get the benefits of these other things. So they stay a C-corp. So there's a lots of different options. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, but an LLC gets that benefit of avoiding double taxation is the point we're trying to get. Yeah. And it, that, that's why this stuff mm -hmm. becomes confusing. We couldn't even, yeah. it's hard to simplify this, this answer because there's so many variables for every company. Exactly. So that's why it's good to get an attorney like, uh, Fantetti, FantettiLegal.com, your business refined. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, that this stuff's so hard to navigate, especially when you talk to startups, you talk to uh, younger businesses that are, they have the idea, they have the inertia, they just, I got to keep moving forward. But if you never really look at this stuff, you could really screw yourself. Yeah. And so, uh, have a, I always tell everybody, how, do you have a good account? Do you have a good accountant? Okay. Well, you, you need one. Yes. And do you have a good attorney? Okay. Well, you need one. Uh, those are the, my first two things when I'm talking to startups and we're doing planning. It's like, you need these two. And then probably business insurance, I'd say, is another thing. Yeah. None of these things are sexy. As as someone who wants to do a startup, you're like, yeah, it's going to be badass. I'm going to have a huge brand. Shit's going to go down. I feel good. And you're going to you're, you're get shirts made. We're going <laughs> to we're going to get shirts and uh cowboy hats people are gonna know me right and uh uh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be rick ross boston everywhere but you got to step back and go all right what <laughs> this is how i think about it what would a smart business person do if they were starting a company what would they what is the boring minutiae stuff that you need to do and all this stuff really matters and we were talking oh, yeah. about this we we're laughing about this i got a really bad nda so let, <laughs> let's talk nda sure because uh, so for those that don't know, non-disclosure agreement, um, I signed a few of them depending on who I'm meeting with uh, with a client. Right. Um, if we're video recording, I try to get consent. Try. Uh, you will. You mean you well they, ha they have? No, I mean. <laughs> I haven't they been don't, asked to I sign one thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, this. Uh, Should I protect You myself? can sue this if you want. Uh, yeah, no You'd pain. have to fight What Steve. are your damages? Yeah. Steve, Steve's like typing very quickly over there. He's like, oh, I got to draw this up real yeah, quick. I know. Uh, um, <laughs> But I'm saying like, uh, no, as long as you say I consent to this video, you know, and I'd, I don't want it to get out. It doesn't behoove me to have anything no. public anyway. Um, but I'm saying NDAs, what are they good for? Like, sure. I think people, th it's just like they know they need to get these corporate documents and these corporate, uh, get their LLC or get a corporation. Yeah. Just like that thought of like, yeah, I know I need to do this. A lot of people when they're starting out, they need NDAs, and what is that going to really protect? Sure. An NDA, first of all, stands for non-disclosure agreement. And essentially what an NDA will do is they're used heavily in the in the business world where if you are going to even, not even, if you're not even sure yet if you're going to even be doing business with somebody, but even if you're going to be having preliminary talks or preliminary negotiations, anything like that, um, you want to have someone sign NDA if you have certain types of intellectual property ideas etc that you want to protect that you don't want someone else going off and trying to profit from because they've gotten the idea from you so what you lock up in the nda is you protect the rights that you have to any type of intellectual property ideas you have and now no one can go out after your meeting or your discussion conversation whatever it may be and go out and all of a sudden start trying to create that same idea and compete against you and it also protects you know it has confidentiality provisions in it which means look after we talk, you can't go and share this information with a competitor or someone else you know who's maybe engaged in the same line of business, and they can utilize what they've learned to now know my secrets and work against me. And so that protects you know all those interests. And it's very important to not just grab a random NDA off the internet, which I've seen people do, <laughs> because they're not going to be tailored to your situation. So, I mean, you can a lot of NDAs, the terms are very general and broad, and they try to cover a lot. And there's good and bad to that. The good is you know, you are covering your basis across the spectrum of what can be protected. 
However, the bad thing is sometimes if they're too overbroad, they might not be enforceable if someone tries to go to court with them. So you have to specifically narrowly tailor a lot of these things because you can be taking away someone's right to even speak or breathe if they're so overbroad. So the good thing is you have to tailor them to the situation. You have to have, it's usually good to have an attorney look at them and say, look, here's your business. Teach me about it. Let's learn about it now that I know it. Here's what you have to really look out for in terms of legal landmines or in terms of information that you need to be protected and how it should be worded. Because a lot of times, just grabbing a random one, it's not going to be tailored to that situation. Because I've seen many of them where a, a, a lot of clients will come to me and say, look, can you beef this up for me? And I'll say, well, have you been using this? And then they'll say yes. I'm like, well, you're actually exposed here on A, B, C, D, and E levels. And they have no idea. But they just they never tried to take the time to say, look, define these terms, perhaps, because defining terms can save a lot of ambiguity. People don't 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 even do that. Where now certain terms in your NDA are open to multiple meanings. And now when you try to enforce that, they're going to say, well, no, we think it means this. And in contract law, the most basic principle is any ambiguity is construed against the drafter, which means if you are the one who's claiming you drafted and, and, and you present it. If you don't put the proper terms or define or, or yeah. make the contract say what it's, what, it, what, what it's supposed to say, you will lose because you didn't properly draft what it should be. Yeah, that's your liability. There, exactly. Yeah. So you have to make sure you tailor it to the situation. So NDAs protect a lot of, uh, uh, of those facets of your business. And again, it's the ideas, the principles. And a lot of times if you have certain types of intellectual property that might be patented or trademarked or copyrighted, you want to make sure that people are aware of that and they're on notice that they can't use that. Um, obviously to the detriment of your business and obviously they're going to be on notice of it through public filings but a lot of times people won't know that and so you'll save yourself litigation time and lawyer expenses by putting everything that needs to be in the nda put it out there and then you're covered do you see a lot of people where they more so use um these forms and they're they're meant to to protect yourself protect your company to sure. to build that separation yeah between personal and business um in terms of assets mm -hmm. but do you see that people just have these forms just to have them just because they're like i was told this is what i need so i went and grabbed a free form sure but any yeah. any huh. half-skilled lawyer can poke holes in some i mean i've pulled some of these up online mm -hmm. i i have to believe any any half-skilled lawyer can just poke holes in these left and right and, and make them make them completely void absolutely so it, yeah. it, i mean it, it just to me i'm just thinking uh, it's almost stresses me out thinking of the small business owner going trying to do everything right trying to cover their bases sure. oh i need this form all right i'm going to have this meeting i want this yeah. person to sign this nda so no information gets out well information gets out now you're spending the money to go try and sue or you're spending Very the money to go, to go try and recoup some claims here because guess what you you just hit on the, the the principle that all businesses don't think about is they think legal fees are too expensive and they say, why would I spend money on having a, a lawyer look at this when I can perhaps find one online or you hope it's good? Yeah. Whereas if you paid a little bit up front, it's going to cost you less than if you have to go to litigation exactly. over something exactly. and pay ten to $20,000 re, uh, retainer when, oh, I could have paid $350 and had them look at this for an hour and fix it up and I'm done. Exactly. And, so. it's the, and, it, and the same principle applies with we're talking about an, an accountant or accounting. Mm -hmm. It's... It, you're going to pay a little bit of money with, you know, some of their time up front, but they're going to set you up properly so that, you know, you don't end up in a, a tornado of problems later yeah. on. And I feel, you know, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, having that the kind of overall picture and that snowball maybe being a little bit bigger than than it really is. Right. Having a little bit of extra money front end to set these things up properly right. will save you so much money in the long run. And honestly, It'll probably keep you and prevent failure from happening, Correct. Uh, truthfully, because I feel like a lot of companies really get in over their head when it's time to report your numbers and do your annual yeah. filings and do your taxes. When a legal problem does come up and you realize, man, I've had this business for five years. This is the first time that anything like this has come up. I'm not used to this. But you're not even covered or protected for anything. Right. Or you haven't even. It's just been a waste. Everything you've been doing is a waste exactly, of time. Like yeah. that's the that's that's heartbreaking in itself. So, yeah, I just yeah, with you. I hope that uh, can be kind of like a moral to everybody listening. It's just yeah. that go, go and do these things on the front end. Don't yes. do it when a, I mean, and it's those little things, yeah, the it, small little things where, you know, if you just, you know, had someone look at it and they added three sentences, you know, you would have been fine. And it's like, why didn't I do that? And to me, that's just common sense. But sometimes, you know, people don't think that way. They have so much going on in their life and their business and they're worried about expenses. But. Again, you have to think as any business should long term and am I protected long term? Every time I put this document out there, you know, 
what risk am I comfortable with? I mean, I ask all my clients that because obviously anything can be litigated. You have the most perfect contract in the world and you can find an argument with it. Doesn't mean that person's going to win. They're just going to try to bring something up. But so you have to make sure you understand what your risk tolerance is. And some companies will say, look, I'll grab this random thing online, have no lawyer look at it, and I'm fine. I'm fine. with will do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, is that really the best you know move for your business? Yeah, and I think when you come up against people in you know in the business world, who are and there's a ton out there who are really savvy, mm-hmm. and when they come up against these documents and they actually read them, they don't just oh yeah I'll you know I'll sign this NDA because we're you know we're having this meeting there's sensitive information and they don't want me to you know form against them and, and start a, a business competing with them. Mm-hmm. There are people that will read these things and be like, oh, this is a crock of shit. <laughs> I'm, I'll go do this. Like, this is yeah. a great idea. I'm just going to go. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And I, 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 I got one. And yeah. I have the, f- and I have the <laughs> funds ago, to do it. Like, that. Yeah, we got one. Like, this is just a boilerplate. Yeah, Lagos, look at this for me, Steve. I take a look and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you can sign this because they're not actually asking you to protect it the company. It didn't say anything. And, <laughs> yeah. and that kind of goes back to go something ahead. we were talking about a couple minutes ago. It was like your contracts. So if you're, if you're like I am or we have we have a company services agreement, uh, which is, you know, they people need to sign. It's only as good as it is tight. So if yeah. it's on. And, and can I, I want to stop yeah, you there yeah. real quick. Tight by meaning defining terms. Well, it's part of it. Tight mean across the board. Like, okay. are you very specific? Um, is there not a lot of wiggle room for these, uh, for these other clients to basically come back against you and wiggle the way out of, you know, paying you? Or owing you anything, or trying to claim the rights to something that you created. For instance, if we're talking about mm-hmm. you no know, laws company, so tight as in look, any argument they could make, you have something there for it. Yeah. So I don't think I, I owe you this. Yes, you selected these terms, you initialed, you agreed. Or yeah. I don't like those payment arrangements. No, everything's covered there. They could say you never put the proper payment terms in. Yes, it says net fifteen. You owe it. You can't get around this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, you owe more than this because every late payment within seven days, you owe whatever percent interest. Like everything's t- everything's covered. Where basically any rebuttal you want to make, it's tight because everything's there. It's on paper. You That's already agreed it to it, whether yeah. you realize it or not. It yeah. means foresight. Tight means foresight. Everything you think that could happen you've contemplated and, it. and i just i want to lay that out because i think mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that would would listen and they would say oh, okay you know we i need my nda to be tight and they're just sitting there and like yeah but what does that entail so just want yeah. to kind of throw yeah. that out there no, so people good. can get a better understanding but i also want I, yeah i want to leave like general that I, that was something I, I learned in my business law class and that's one of the few things that stuck in my head which is just a, a good rule of thumb when you're I try to think of stuff like while I'm on the fly, I can, I can do a quote in my head if I have to, or I get pretty close to how we would quote a client. So that's that's one thing. Like rule of thumb wise, I have starting points. When I think of all legal documents, they are only as good as they are tight, basically. The, the and yeah, that also spawns off to, you know, subsets of time frame, uh, payment schedule, uh, services that will be uh administered for the client that kind of stuff there's all these exhibits steve (laughs) went through it and it's like holy shit this thing is people get like a hand cramp thinking about looking at it so Mm -hmm, uh but that's how it has to be i mean it's not that's he's very diligent in that way where hey you think of every scenario so you're not left vulnerable and that's why you go to (laughs) fantadylegal.com that's right Um, that's the way i try to think but i'll tell you this and we talked about that. I think Law posted on his his sites a couple of weeks ago, um, and we and we we did this or we talked about it. Where sometimes, obviously, you want to make your contracts as tight as possible, but it's also good. And I, I'm I'm saying this because you guys touch on this a lot because you worry about reaching out to young entrepreneurs, young businesses. Yeah, is sometimes in the early phase of your business because you haven't done business before and you're new, you will learn lessons as you go through and start doing business oh you know what i never thought this situation could arise now i need to put this in my contract so sometimes you will also learn as you go through that's why it's important to audit your contracts perhaps every quarter or every six months and at least once a year as things come up when you do business and you learn you could say i never thought this would happen or i opened up my business to a whole different phase than what i thought it would when i started doing business with this random client and now I have to start accounting for this. Well, now you have to make sure you talk to your lawyer and put it back in your contract or just get in your contract somehow, not just keep going on and not learn from it. So yeah. that's another point. So we, we've started initiating stuff at the Toco Works office where once a quarter, Steve and I will meet up and we're going to go over any contracts. Yeah. I keep an Evernote note of things like, hey, are we protected against this? <laughs> Most of the stuff yeah. I had as a note, 
we already we already, we had, already had because right. Steve's really good. But <laughs> yeah, but okay. I was like, I just want to make sure this never happens again. Now, former me, let's go ten years before. Let's go twenty-one year old law. Like this was, uh, I'd be like, ah, fuck it, <laughs> I'll yeah, I'll do that later, and then never ever do it. Right. And yeah. so now it's a thing where it's like, don't do that style ever again, and. That what's the Mark Cuban quote? Like entrepreneurs need to, uh, need they need to act like there's always someone gunning for their business. Oh, absolutely. And this is one of those things where if people are gunning for you, your competition's gunning for you. This is where you could get exposed pretty easily. Yeah. But this is also how you can, uh, and I don't mean uh, this is in a very smaller setting uh, or in a smaller market. How you can help control competition in yeah. a way absolutely. is by is by having your stuff locked down tight. Is you know that will i feel like if someone's out there and there's people that are out there and they're just looking for businesses to start i mean that's kind of i feel like where the landscape is right now there people are out there actively trying to find niches trying to find um something that they think can be profitable and they're just going to go and do it they build it they sell it and they move on to the next thing so that could be your industry that could be your area very easily so in order to help protect that competition from coming about i feel like this would be the best way to do it. This is the this is the first way you should be starting, and this will save you a large percentage of your problems. Yes. So kind of kind of playing off that, you know, something that I've been I've been thinking about for my own small business. But when is the best time, or when is it necessary to make the investment in um, trademarking, copywriting, uh, those sort of things? When when do you find um, that a companies need it it's necessary because that part can be a, a little more expensive than right. some of the other stuff it can be um but what, what are your thoughts on trademarking and maybe when when somebody should should go that go so those routes like you mean the whole thing trademark copyright yeah the, patent, exactly patent, yeah. That kind of area. so anything intellectual property well i'll tell you this i know you know the common sense answer so i i, I want you to tell me well it would be at the beginning <laughs> right away yeah and here's why it's a basic answer but people ignore it that area of law is focused on who got there first right it is if you file first even if it wasn't accepted first yeah. so let's say for instance two people are trying to file for the same patent and for those of you who don't know a patent is you patent um, ideas based on um, you know, basically for instance to keep it you know dumb down basically is you know how things will work or you have a procedure or a process mm-hmm. yeah. basically um, for uh, invention that's what patents are for right okay so Let's say three people are trying to file for the same one. Well, it comes down to who filed first. The yeah. first one that comes in gets priority over everyone else. So if it gets accepted because it was filed first, the other ones coming through might meet the proper criteria, but if they didn't meet the priority process, they're gone. Yeah. So it's important to go first. So there's right. the first answer. Now, same thing with trademark or, or copyrights. Trademark is for identifying marks like you know the Coca-Cola symbol yeah. or the Starbucks symbol. Those are things that get trademarked. Yeah. Also sayings like you got the right one baby for Pepsi or whatever it was back in the 90s. I don't know why that wow. one came to my head. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So anyway, so I read a lot of old cases, okay? You guys remember so crystal clear Pepsi, right? <laughs> right. So, wow, that was, that was <laughs> random. Anyway, and also with that. Someone out there is like, I, yeah. I like this guy. I know yeah. what he's talking about. <laughs> I get guy, it. I have to keep some comic relief here. but <laughs> And then obviously for copyrights, it can be literary works. Mm-hmm. Um, books. It can be for poems. It can be for even procedures like how to serve a tennis ball. I mean, it could be yeah. something like that. Those things get copyrighted. So, you know, you obviously have to file first, and you have to make sure of the second point besides filing first is you have to do a lot of searches. So yeah. before you can even file, and usually people hire lawyers for this because it can take a lot of time. You can do it on yourself. You can go on the international databases. Um, you can I'm go just going to ask where on can the U.S. Go? Patent Trademark Association. You okay. can go and check, and you can see what's there, and you can look at them but they have to be differentiated. So then you have to worry about not only timing, is you have to worry about making sure that yours is so unique that it can't be affiliated with somebody else's. It, tell me if I'm wrong. Is there mm-hmm. a certain, I don't know how they judge this or mm-hmm. calculate this, is there a certain percentage of differ, differentiation? Is that right? Yeah, that's, differentiation? that's fine. I know, okay. that's I, know what, I know what you're saying. Is there a certain percentage yeah. uh, that they have to be different from someone else's, your patent from someone else's? Yeah. It's going to depend on how many are already in that area. Okay. So if you're filing for, let's say, um, a patent on how to keep a um, tire on a car, 
Well, you're gonna mm-hmm. bet that's pretty much a really highly covered area. Yeah. So you're gonna have to be like almost a hundred percent different than everybody else's because there's so many already ideas. Right. Like that's something that's lasted for so long. You know, good luck. Right. right. But if you're trying to do something that hasn't even been thought of yet, then you know you're gonna have a really good shot that no one's out there. Which means when they go and do your check, every single there's multiple layers of checks, copyright, trademarks, patents, especially mm-hmm. where layers meaning you have to look through you know round one of searches, round two because tons are out there in that same realm. Yeah, and then they're gonna look at the differentiation and identification factors where how similar are they, how different are they, and is that same idea already out there where if we allow this through. Is it going to be construed to be almost the same way as the 20 other ones that are right ahead of it? Yeah. So okay. if that happens, you're, you know, you pretty much won't be able to. And what people don't realize, too, with this process and why you want to do it right away mm-hmm. is it's very rare that when you file it once, it just goes straight through like gravy and you don't hear from the offices, mm-hmm. patent, trademark, whatever, right. because they're going to kick it back and say, no, nope, this is too much like this. Further explain why it's different. You go again. Nope. Kicks back again. Nope. Further explain why this is different. And so. The longer that takes, you're missing out on that timing period. So you have to get that stuff in early. And people will wait and say, no, we'll be fine. We can do it later. The longer you wait, you lose priority and you lose the battle of trying to go through and get your refiles done. Mm -hmm. And by the time it's accepted, sometimes it can take, depending on what it is, but really complicated patents and things like that can take a year, sometimes even longer. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Okay. So if I have my brilliant idea uh, called Togosas. Okay. Mimosas on the go, yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. This so it's already been covered. People don't copy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> no, I'm gonna open source it. <laughs> so I'll I'll be the Elon Musk of drinking. Someone's but basically, copywriting this right now. <laughs> it's, it, it's an idea we had five years ago. There's in Ta- in Tampa Bay had a startup weekend two weekends ago, and it was a, a beverage edition. I was like, got it. I would have nailed this, but yeah. uh, the rules were different. They're like, I, does anyone have anything to say? Well, I was like, yep, uh, yep. I, well, I do have, as a matter of fact, I have a whole notebook full got of billboards behind them. Ideas <laughs> like this. Well, it's weird. And it's, it's, it's like being a comedian. Like you have to have this weird <laughs> sense of ego that this, th- it, this is such a weird idea, but it also, after watching Shark Tank so much, it's like, <laughs> well, you go, well, you could be a little crazy, and you have to be crazy to kind of you do to yeah. get you to that level of like I have an idea, I want to mm-hmm. take it to, I want my this to be a business. I you got to make people care. That's the right. selling point. Yeah. Why does it matter to them? So people forget that drunks yeah. drunks want brunch on the go, <laughs> and so here's here's well, if Copa <laughs> the wine the, cl- the plastic wine glass that you can get at gas stations, why not Togosas? And uh-huh. so here's the design. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have the sham. You can't have it mixed already because right. it won't work. No, it won't. it'll it'll deteriorate too fast or it'll expire too fast. So you have orange juice at the bottom. The design you would have to patent. So the design would be you kind of rip open the cap that has uh, champagne in it. Drops it in. Drops so it the in. Bubbles are fresh. Bam, dude. I, I you know <laughs> we champagne pa- goes down. Bubbles go up. That's right. Exactly. Tagosas. So Tagosas. So there's your tagline. So <laughs> let's go through the IP part of this. Okay. I'd have to get a patent on the design if it's unique, right? Yes, for a device. Yes, for the device yes. you'd want to. Yes, if if, uh, if, if, I, if if even if there's a method involved in terms of mixing, you can copyright that. Right. Yeah, so but now that's you're on a different realm. But but now you can you can get paid on that patent. Right. You can license so that out. That's another. Of course you can. That's another avenue of revenue. How there. do you think all these big companies make it through franchises? When when like McDonald's yeah. franchises and they have all their methods and they're giving you the intellectual property rights to use the big golden arches or how we cook our fries. I mean, all that stuff's copyrighted, trademarked, patented. So yeah. they're gonna make money. You have to buy all that. That's why franchises cost a million dollars to get a uh, McDonald's. Yeah. Right? So, so patent yeah, on. You're paying for that. The patents on the design. Mm-hmm. The copyright would be on the name. You could trademark the name. Trademark the on name. What you're trying to do, or you could also copyright the process. So let, we, mm-hmm. I, I want to go through like what sure. an example would be, just to kind of contextualize right. it for people that this is a little, this can get in the weeds again. This yeah. is a tough thing. This is why you need to talk to an attorney sure. about your IP, your intellectual property. I shouldn't shorten it. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm going to patent the design. I'm going to trademark the name to go says. Sure. Probably spell it with a Z. Whatever you want to do. Because yeah. white trash people love <laughs> Zs. <laughs> well, I know my target audience, guys. And so it's the guys that drink monsters. <laughs> no comment on this. <laughs> you can't comment, but I will. Yeah. Uh, and so it's going to be oh, in the, know. It's gonna be in the impulse aisle right next to the lottery tickets. <laughs> nice. And so... Um, the lottery ticket machine where you don't even have to interact right. with somebody. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so... It's too good. <laughs> so to go says, and then 
the we copyright maybe uh, the taglines mimosas on the go or something like that. Uh, we can do better than that. But yeah. you can tag you can trademark that. Yeah. Trademark a tagline. Yes. Copyright. A what's pro- the difference? Process. So trademark is like you don't copyright like a picture, like on your business card. Yeah. Right. Like that's a trade. If you want to get that protected, that's trademark protected. Okay. Right. And then copyright is the actual materials, like the language that's used, right? Or the process for mixing a drink. Okay. Right? Those like the process or the language involved in the process or the actual the writings in the book, because that's all a process in the writing. Mm-hmm. That stuff's copyrighted. So like I said, even serving the way to serve a tennis ball, every step, front foot forward or right right foot back, arch your shoulders this way, you come through. I mean, if you create a certain special way to serve then you could file a copyright on that exact process. So those kinds of things get copyrighted. Okay. And then patents are, like I said, the invention type realm where you have... You have to put out the design plans. Everything's got to be out there. But and technically, you could patent a way to serve as well. No? You could argue, uh, ar- arguably. I mean, right. it's more device-driven. So is there a device? Like if you have a shoulder to serve, then you would patent the device. Okay, gotcha. But the concept is not patentable. Okay. It's... You know, like the range that's good. Of I'm, I'm glad stuff. we cleared that up because that's, that's okay. something that I would think. Man, well, listen, I'm gonna patent a, the way people do this, but if there's no device, if there's nothing else used to doing it, it's just your yeah. own body. Now listen, that's that's in general. Now let, let me right. tell you this: there's litigation and there's arguments that sometimes got to be tight. People mm-hmm. think something copyrighted should actually be patentable or vice versa. So I'm not going to say a hundred percent. So should you do because there's both? arguments made. Again, that's up to you. And let me say this. I haven't said this yet. If you want to patent something, you can't just go to any attorney. You have to get an attorney who's you passed have to go to the patent Fantasy bar. Legal. No, pat- uh-huh. I don't have a patent bar. You have to have a patent, which means those lawyers have had to have either an engineering background or a medical bio. Oh, wow. Bi- uh, bi- biology background. That's it. Like, you have to have studied that in college and have a degree in it. And you actually had to pass. There's a separate bar, a patent bar. So I never wanted to do patent law. So I don't do patents. But I, I do copyrights. But um, to do those you have to make sure you go to the proper attorney but again there's an argument that comes up all the time is should this be patentable or should this be copyrighted and sometimes it can be juggled in both and you can try to file both and see what gets accepted yeah and what gets rejected so there's that's one idea that sometimes if you're not sure attorneys will tell their clients look let's try for both and see what happens well and if as you, long ha- as you if get you accepted get both, you're good and well, if, if you, you get, get both you're even covered you're covered even you're more. golden yeah oh my god yeah well we're hitting up on that hour mark anything you want to bring up uh your your law firm's pivoting. Um, doing great. Yeah, uh, doing uh, yeah. doing really well. What's and what's something you get asked? What's something that you you get very often that you're like, man, if I could just put this on a podcast real quick. What's your workout <laughs> routine, bro? <laughs> yeah, people ask me that too. No, um, clients don't ask me that. Um, basically, a couple different things. One, they ask you, you know, how much your services are, which you know it can vary depending on what's going on. But yeah, I'll focus more on on that, more on you know how to help the client is in terms of they'll they'll say. You know, what's the best, you know, plan for me? What should I be doing from day one for my business? Because a lot of times they get you too late where, oh, you should have had X, Y, and Z already. And it's been a year and a half. And, you know, so from from day one, what should I be doing? And I'll let them know. And we talked about a lot of the stuff on on this podcast and what you have to obviously do. And then they'll ask me a lot of times, you know, from a contractual standpoint is what's the best thing I can do to avoid litigation? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's no right answer to that because, like I said, you, you don't can, know where you, it's going to come you from. You can find anything you want. Show it to me right now in front of me. And I'll find something when I can go to court. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And whether you'll win or not, that's a whole different story. But to at least to put you in that realm, you have a whole different problem. You got to lawyer up. Yeah. You're going to be in court. It can tie up. You go through discovery. And when you do that, obviously, things get out in the open and are public now. They come public record when you file with the court. So that's another reason why you want to avoid those things, too. Yeah. So they ask you that. And again, with a contract. The best thing I can tell you is you have to go to an attorney because they will have the foresight to know, look, here's the issues that can arise from a legal risk and liability perspective that a regular person probably wouldn't think of. Mm -hmm. But it's important to have that dialogue with their attorney, that relationship where you talk and engage back and forth because the attorney can learn more about the risks and liabilities associated with your business as you explain your business to the attorney. So a lot of times, and the reason why I get a, a, a business a lot from different businesses is because... Sometimes they'll go to even bigger law firms and they'll just basically want to get the check and do the work for them and then that's it. And there's mm-hmm. no counsel involved. Right. So I highly recommend not to be shy. You're paying your attorneys 
not just for the work, but to get the counsel aspect of and it, it. And it sounds like what you focus on is helping them to better. Uh, you don't just do it. They they tell you what they want, and then you drop off their documents, and it's like here you go, you're protected. It's yeah. it's it's more of a learning experience, so that, that they have the knowledge as well. Exactly. And sometimes people don't even want to hear it from you. They are they, they 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 don't have the time, or they just don't think it's important. And listen, right. I'll say that's fine, but I will always put out there. I mean, ask law. Yeah. You law draw diagrams on this thing, so I can explain every aspect to them all the time yeah, on the, on I've the what I've seen whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> People come in and like you guys doing calculus. Yeah. Like, no, this is legal this stuff. Legal, yeah. But like sometimes you have to cater to the client and help them know that. So that's something I always try to let them know and make sure that that, that they understand that there's more to this, not just the the relationship with your attorney. It's you have to serve the client. Every attorney should always be aiming to that, and that's what Fantasy Legal always tries to make sure that they do and offering competent legal services. But I mean, that's what should be expected, I think, from all clients. Yeah. Well, it is definitely nice, to, you know, talking with Steve and hopefully people listening at home feel the same way that he's someone who can articulate his point really well and help teach you rather than just say no this is what you need to do and they're just already you know drawing up documents and doing and you don't you don't learn yeah we you know it's nice to have that teacher aspect of it our businesses are similar in the sense that we want to be good communicators of something that's really difficult to understand the nerd world's really difficult for a lot of people to grasp because it's coming at you so quickly and, and it's exponentially changing and so same with look look at it this way the legal there's gonna there's more attorneys than ever it feels like or at least there's more there's more uh necessity to have a lawyer when you have a business so it's one of those things where you have to have a good communicator yeah i've talked to attorneys that can't explain it in dumb terms for me you know like hey get it distill this down like it's a college football game and i'll (laughs) figure this out uh a lot of people can't do that whereas steve can so that that's a big thing when you're looking for an attorney um you know are they explaining this to you in a way that you're actually understanding it? Because sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I got it. And so you'll be like, you don't look like you have it. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I don't. Look on your I face is telling I me to. I try to skip by on that one. Uh, <laughs> I caught him, though. I appreciate you yeah, saying that. Though. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, <laughs> it, that's, a, but that's a big thing that's really hard to describe. What, what can you differentiate yourself as a, as a law firm, a business law firm versus another one? And I think communication, that, and that's what I, I look at for our company, is like communication is ultimately going to be our bi- one of our biggest assets because uh, nerds get really frustrated trying to uh, explain how the nerd world works. And yeah. so... That, I get frustrated like that, right? You try sure. to teach me something. <laughs> we, try to do, we try to do a few things the other day, yeah. business efficiency I've got to be more patient. Yeah, well, I, look, it's, that's yeah. why our company will exist. That's and right. so... Um, one, th- so I guess the best thing to do is people have, uh, questions or anything. They sh- the other part is Steve will email you back like yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Yes. I'm not going to give him any time frame. I'm not going to say within 48 hours, we'll, but well, we'll put his cell phone number in the show notes. That way uh, you can just text him. Directly. He really yeah. won't yeah, he would care. Love that. I am not on Tinder though. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, fantaddylegal.com. I think that's a good stopping point right now. Sweat Equity Podcast, subscribe, rate, review. That's the cheat code that gets us up. Uh, you'll hear Steve Confetti Fantetti, <laughs> his voice on the uh, Triple Option Podcast. Can't wait. I'm sure come in August-ish. We'll it probably start be. that. Yes. Um, and uh, former, we, we didn't mention this, former college football player as well. We, yes. we mentioned on the first episode that people listen to. Yeah, if you want to go back to the yeah. first episode about how to be an attorney, how to get through law school, that's what we kind of covered that first time around. This one... We thought it'd be cool to have you back on to be able to answer some of the questions that, frankly, come up just all the time. And yeah. it's like I, I don't, I, I can't answer some of these things. So, <laughs> uh, and I, th- I think it should, uh, it should be noted. Um, we're gonna put it on St- uh, bleh, Steve's schedule for him um, that he'll be coming up on our panel. Um, when we do our live discussions on Absolutely. Facebook, thanks Steve for volunteering there. to do that. That's <laughs> awesome. Appreciate you. Getting He's a great guy. That already, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Caleb deserves some coffee for that's that booking. Right. All right. That's right. Uh, you know, what? anything to leave on? You Last thing I want to say is this. I, I want to say, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. That this today was the true definition of sweat equity, getting up on Memorial Day on a Ooh. holiday at 7 in the morning, 7.30 oh. it was, to come and do work. So I want to tell you guys, you guys are the true definition of sweat equity. Yeah. Nicely I like done. it. Wow. Nicely that's done. You couldn't end it in a better way. Peace. <laughs>